time. Get busy. Like we always do about this time. It's the Bigs. Here comes Stafford. And he's picked off. And it's going the distance. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career has a touchdown. You already know what time it is. It's the Bigs. A drive the other way. It's going to go. Cubs lead. Number 11 for Javi. Officially rocking with the Bigs. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. Two nothing socks. It's us, the Bigs. Levine. Oh, my goodness, Zach get Levine. Up or get out the way. Woo. You're rocking with the Bigs. Right here on the Bigs Radio Network. Gino, I work, woke up this morning. Feeling good, man. It, 70 degrees outside. The sun is shining in the hood in Roseland. Taking my dog outside thinking I'm about to enjoy a beautiful day. Let me turn on some sports radio. And the first thing I heard reminded me that I woke up in basketball hell. I, w- I went to sleep wishing that I would wake up and just yesterday didn't happen. But unfortunately, it definitely did. It was not deja vu. It was not Groundhog Day. It was doomsday for the Bulls once again. Third pick in the draft, no Zion Williamson, no John Moran, not even R.J. Barrett. I have to listen. I got to go check out our nerd friends to, to even have an idea <laughs> of who is even going to be available at seven because leading up to this draft, all the tanking we did, we never considered who would be available at seven. You feel me? We, we never thought, you know what? Seven is a good place where we – you know, we can do something special. We can get that superstar. You just don't say that about the seventh pick, man. So instead, I woke up in, in a burning, just inferno of, of <laughs> Bulls nightmares, bro. And I just, I'm sick right now. I'm sick right now, Gino. I came front. I am sick. Call me the noble Gene Ali, man. I predicted it, didn't I? Gene Stradamus. You, you know what? You definitely did. And the last thing I saw before the Bulls officially got that seventh pick, was your tweet saying, I hope they get the seventh pick. And I'm like, no. Yes. And they deserve it, man. They deserve basketball hell. They deserve mediocrity. They deserve everything they get, man. And then again, we've had this seventh pick for for many years now. Three years in a row. And the nerve of John Paxson, man, the nerve of this guy. I'm not going to call him names. I'm not going to call him an idiot. I'm not going to call him a doofus. I'm not going to call him a dum-dum. Any of those I wouldn't be mad at, just for the record. But this guy had the nerve to try to big up Kirk Heinrich and Luol Dang. No disrespect to those guys because they were solid players. But how many all-star games did those guys make, man? <sighs> okay, first of all, I'm tired of John Paxson trying to pass us a Reggie joint in the loud session. Ooh. You feel me? Passing that Reggie Miller around. It's huh? like, hold that, brother. Brother, we don't want your Reg. But keep, he, keep your Reg. He's forcing it. He's like, try this. It's doing me, it's doing me some good. You know, you know how the Reggie smokers be. The Reggie smokers, they man, Joe, let me get a little that man, let me get a little loud and I can mix it with my Reggie and I'd be on a whole nother level. It's like uh, uh huh. Let me let me let me try to serve up some of this Reg 
that John Paxson tried to serve us. Okay, listen to this. I stay committed, along with my staff, to get this right. We're going to add another good player in this draft. We're going to spend money in free agency where we're going to add some vets who help, and we're going to get over the disappointment quickly because you have a lot of work to do. Okay, number one, you're not going to add any vets to help. Reggie. Miller. Okay. No one wants to come here. No vets that are going to help immediately unless you trade for them, and that doesn't mean they want to come here. That just means they have to come. They're, they're obliged to come. They have to come contractually. And you know what, Gino, on some real stuff? It's just the breakdown and, and just philosophy of how they do things. It's just, it's just so frustrating because you look at the league and you know it's a superstar league. You know that superstars want to play with other superstars. Right. Name me one player that the Bulls have on their current roster that a superstar would look at and say, I want to go play with this guy. Zach Levine? No. No. And, and respect to Zach Levine because he is all we have right now. Mm. 23 points a game. Mm. S- somebody got to get those points. Somebody definitely has to get those points. Larry Markkinen, mm. he's young. He fell off defensively this year. He was huff. Absolutely. Not yet. He, he's not catching eyes at all right now, okay? Wendell. Shout out to Wendell because I, I like what I saw. Mm. But he got injured. Missed 30, the last, what, 25 games of the year. That's the story of the Bulls' life, ain't it? Injury. Let the Bulls tell it, you know, of course it's injuries. Of course we would have been better off if we go back and say Derrick Rose didn't get hurt. You feel me? Of course, you know, the Bulls are going to try to hang their hats on injury when the real issue is how they handle their business. Yeah, I was going to say, when are they going to take a deeper look into that, man? You got to – eventually you should take a look at self. 100%. And like you said, how the organization is run from the top. And I, I, that's where it starts, man. And until these guys start over, I'm not going, man. I'm not going at gunpoint, bro. Gino, start over. Over. O-V-A. Over. <sighs> Freddie Gibbs voice. O-V-A. Over. We're talking about a front office of John Paxson, who has been around. Since when? 85? Bro, that's With the Bulls, yeah. But he's been calling the shots since the Bill Cartwright days. You know, since 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 uh, old Scott Skiles, they fired him on, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So he's been... Active as GM since. Let me look this up. So John Paxson. Now, and I gotta ask real quick. So isn't this an opportunity? The Bulls are super young, with an average age like 24 23, years old. 23, 24 years yeah. old. Isn't this, this? Isn't this technically them starting over? Because you at least you're starting with nothing, right? So it's like you have these young guys, and theoretically this draft pick. I'm a, there's a lot of Mike drafts already that have come out. Uh-huh. But like, my question is, at what point? Do like why isn't this a rebuild right now? Oh, I'm gonna start over with the front office, not the players. Oh, okay. Up top, Jerry Reinsdorf, give it up, bro. T, I know you see the man. I know you see the man floating around the guaranteed rate like it's sweet. Give it up, bro. Give it up, bro. Look, Jerry Reinsdorf has very little worries in this world. That's all I'm gonna say. Period. So you you hear the the frustration and everything coming from us about the Bulls. I don't know if you're going to hear that from the people up top. And, E, if you if you consider this a rebuild, then you have to say we started rebuilding when we traded Jimmy to get these players. When we traded Derrick Rose to get Robin Lopez, that was the beginning of this rebuild. So we are. this is entering season 16, 17. Oh. 
of because he's, he's been in the GM since oh three oh four. And so my question is, we are 16 years into this regime. If the understanding is like, I guess, what has to happen? Because for me, I was looking at it and I was like, I hope they get somebody really good because if you surround him with bad talent, it's going to expose management. I think management has been exposed, like you just said. Totally. 16 years, bro, and we've had three good seasons. Those seasons when they overachieved, I'm not going off that. The and season Nate Robinson led us to a victory over the Brooklyn Nets. And D. Rose's absence. So stop it. That was never something to hang your hat stop on. Stop it. It was 16 years in, in the regime. We had to look that up. Here's something you don't have to look up. We haven't won shit. Zero. <laughs> in 16 years. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing to show for it. John Paxson has absolutely nothing to show for his draft picks, for the players that he did luck up on, for the the lackluster free agent signings that he brought in, Ben Wallace, Carlos Boozer. We have nothing to show for it. Yesterday, where, you know, they were completely ex- exposed. They're completely naked right now. They have nothing to hide, and, and it's just bad. You know, I'm I'm trying to find a seam of positive of positivity to kind of, like, bring me out of this funk. Don't forget the campaign, campaign. Campaign? Campaign. Cameron Payne, bro. Pain. Pain. Like, like Mr. T. Pain. What, what's the verdict? Pain, bro. It's been pain for so long. He's got – they got to go, man. Paxson, Mike – even these new these new tricks that they pulling off. Now you inviting fans to 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 lunch and to dinner, dinner to the suites. Have a, a intimate night with a Bulls coach. It, but okay, so I gotta ask though, as a, somebody who you trying to keep people coming to the games, right? And you know that the on court stuff isn't necessarily going to be the main attraction, right? Wouldn't oh no, would you? Because the thing is, they also think, and I just looked this up, but the Bulls have owned the season ticket thing for we talking almost two decades at right, this point, right? And the first time, I think it was like a couple seasons ago, it stalled. It, it went flat. And so that's the first time that's happened since pre-Jordan. Period. And so for me, I think that's the kind of opportunity you do when it's kind of like, oh, crap, I need these people to keep buying tickets, but the games aren't good. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, as a Bulls fan, like that's something that I can understand what people are excited about. But I guess it also, it's kind of hard to be like, damn, I want this team to be good, but I'm also cynical about their outlook. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's hard being a Bulls fan oh, right it's now. It's certainly tough, and. I've been feeling like this since, you know, the season, Thibodeau's last season, the year before we brought Fred yeah. on. I thought things were pretty obvious as far as how crappy this team, had, you know, had been run over the last years. Five years ago, fast forward to today, it's, it's absolutely disastrous because they're still trying to hang their hats on those six banners. That's why I'm that la- hanging the UC. That's why I'm laughing at you guys right now, man. I'm I'm li- I'm laughing at all Bulls fans. It's still right about now. MJ's legacy Period. to people who don't even know who John Paxson is. Period. Who never saw a minute of Michael Jordan. You Michael heard, Jordan's Bulls career. When we talked to Melo, and we asked Melo about you know our thing when these guys come into the building, we asked him you well you know you're in the house that Mike built right. Right. First thing Melo said was man you can feel the aura of MJ in this building. Isn't that enticing though? It is. Like you said, so then who cares about the the product on the on the court? I think it's enticing to a player that's part of a generation that adored Mike. Right. So like, you, oh, so you're you saying the generation me? is switched up? Yes, absolutely. We may be a couple of generations removed from a, from the generation that I is mean, is so crazy about MJ. Right. The, the funny thing is, and this is actually a really good point because even if you look at it from just like a marketing perspective, like 
if you are mm, you and you let's say you going in the AAU ball your first year at 14, 13, you've never seen Michael Jordan miss a shot at all. And so I think that's interesting too because we're like, of course you would want to play for the Bulls, but if your idols are Bron and Kobe, there you go. I see what you're saying. You know who the Bulls fan is today? The Bulls fan today is the 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 guy that was 14, 15 years old when D Rose got hurt. You feel me? Mm, okay. Seven years later, the, the twenty, you know, twenty four, twenty five, they are not a fan of this team anymore. Okay, that that person right there, that I was what twenty two, twenty three when D Rose got hurt. The generation under me, they don't know anything about Jordan. All they know is this sixteen years of failure that John Paxson, uh, Gar Foreman, Jay Reinsdorf, Jim Boylan, Fred Hoiberg. Tom Thibodeau. Do they know about the fours that came out last weekend? Oh, they know. They know about the fours. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I couldn't find me. Can't find. Them. I couldn't find me a nine and a half and, no. and the OG fours. Okay. 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 I couldn't find that, and and I'm and I see the shorties walking around. You might have to take that out to Calumet City or something. <laughs> I, I looked all around. I, I was out in Gurney, bro. <laughs> nah, look, man. A Bulls game is like a family outing, bro. It's nostalgic. Yeah, you know what I mean, people come there to look up. At the at the banners, they come up to look at the the, the retired jerseys. To hear serious, and I, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Thank it's, you. It's amazing. No, I'm, you. but you know, it's funny you talk about it, and I'm just I, I I say this on behalf of the casual fan who is also super into the Bulls, right? I think it's a kind of a nice parallel to what happened with the Cubs, because for when I was a shorty, like the Cubs were not great, and then Mark, you know Sammy Sosa, but you didn't care, and then. You were more as you get into like that drinking age. You were more excited to go get drunk at Wrigley than you are to watch baseball. Absolutely. And so I feel like is that kind of what you're saying? Like this, this is it's more about the aesthetic than it is the actual, like actual play. Oh, a hundred percent. But but then you see what happened with the Cubs. They changed management, and it, and when it became a priority, with that, you know, unfortunately, you have to feel. Like winning has not been a priority for the last couple of years. Because as long as there are twenty three thousand people in the United Center on a nightly basis, like he just said, the last two or three years was the first time the Bulls didn't lead the league in attendance, and then you saw how much the the viewership ratings yeah. went down. And, and that's why I always take a second to step back and say, okay, winning probably isn't the number one priority for any team in the NBA. Oh, it's, it's, come on, you know I mean, but you. You want it in that top three, you know? Right. You're like, okay, every team wants to fill the stadium. Every team wants to, to have viewers, and then they want to build a championship team. Right. Somebody has to win. Yeah. I'm not sure if the, if the Bulls understand that they have failed for so long. You they don't have, like you said, the bottom line, are we in the red or not? No. Great job, guys. Yeah. And, and, and that's the whole thing, the message throughout the whole season is it's okay. Things are not going as bad as people think. Mm. We have this young core that's promising, and you know what? We're going to have a top draft pick. We're going to have a chance to get Zion Williamson. And to truth be told, the only player that mattered yesterday was Zion Williamson. The only pick that mattered was the team that got the first pick, and they get a player that can change the face of the whole organization. That is what this draft lottery was about. The NBA definitely let you know, too. I felt it was kind of bogus, too, man. They act like Zion was the only person in the building. I feel like with that, you have an, a rare opportunity where you you have somebody who is a, like, 
franchise changing talent, but you also have somebody who's marketable. Oh yeah, that's box office. You feel is me? Because if you saw the draft lottery, I was watching it before. They brought him out for the interview. Yeah. Who was sitting next to him? Exactly. It was Ja. Ja was sitting there. Everybody oh, I didn't like, even. I, didn't need, was well, I was watching the Cubs. So right. I didn't, oh yeah. yeah. But basically, they had a couple of the picks there. Okay. And it was kind of this weird, like the NFL draft, where I feel like they send you off a little bit because. You you see in real time, and Zion, like, they got him out of there quickly because I don't know if you saw the video that was yeah. circulating. He walked and touched all of the things and literally, like, hugged the Atlanta Hawks. Like, <laughs> he, like, hugged it. Like, it looked like he was like, please don't let me, like, please let me go to Atlanta. Because mm. I think he's from out, the, out there. In S- South Carolina. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, out there. Yeah. And so people, all the Atlanta Hawks fans were like, oh, my God. And a lot of people use that as an opportunity to talk about how they don't like the draft. So I want to ask y'all. Do you think the NBA draft in and of itself, like the lottery system we have, is the best way to do this? I think it's whack. I think I heard a lot of people, even Tony, who I was just listening to 670 Lawrence Holmes show, and Tony Gill was saying how the NBA should be proud, and I thought that was whack. Personally, 100% whack. I thought it was the absolute worst draft lottery that I had, that I had ever seen yesterday, <laughs> okay? Because first of all, we spent I don't two, two and a half years, one and a half years, Talking about Zion, and you mean to tell me he's going to the Pelicans? Mm. He's going to New Orleans. And then, let, let, but what about this? Why don't they do that live in front of everybody? The guy from Ernst and Young gets to come out with the with the envelopes already. See, I like man, that's fixed, man. First of all, that's fixed. every single in, like step of what the lottery has been has been trashed. I watched the old lottery uh, yesterday, and David yeah. Stern was. Pulling envelopes out of a uh, a glass bowl that yeah. they shook up. That's if you ask any New York Knicks fan that's of a certain age, they think. Well, they'll deny it, but everybody believes that the Knicks uh, were rigged, and yeah. he knew which envelope to grab. He just was like, Whoosh, "Yeah, it's like who you Patrick fooling, Ewing. Dave? Yeah, I mean, it might be all Knicks envelopes in there, bro. First of all, but Gino, I want to know who wanted to see Zion in New Orleans. Not Zion. even Zion. No, no, he didn't. Currency. Currency is yeah. the only oh, person. Shout, one. Out yeah. shout out to Spitter. And, and you want to know something? Yeah. That's the first thing I said to my girl. I was like, congrats to Spitter. Like, I said the same thing. I'm like, Spitter is going to enjoy having Zion to, to but throw a rollie at us. I something. don't think, first of all, I spent two a couple years down there. New Orleans is the worst market available in the NBA. Whew. So that's number one why Anthony Davis wants to go. We'll talk about AD later on Got but to. that's the worst market worse than memphis new orleans is t- a terrible basketball market worse than memphis yes brother oh. bro i, I, so hold I on. got go ahead I, my thought so we're talking about the, the draft here so basically the mock drafts right now show zion going to one uh, to the pelicans obviously mm-hmm. and then john morant going to the grizzlies mm-hmm. i i mean just off of like the amount of like Nike stuff going on in Memphis right now in terms of like how they build and distribution all that stuff like that I think is interesting because there are factors at play and not ideally if he signs with Nike there's a lot of deeper stuff to that but I think that's a business thing that ain't a basketball thing right so for me it's like I I guess because I saw Memphis you've also seen Memphis be a good market when it was with the grit and grind era that whole thing no doubt so I guess is the, like what are the good markets depending on who you ask. Because a lot of the players, they don't know. Uh, uh, who was it? I can't think. Of, it wasn't Christina Pink that was doing the interviews yesterday. But she, have you asked Zion, have you ever been to New Orleans? He said no. Like, they don't know any kids. They never been outside of, outside of traveling with a college basketball team. Them guys have never been around the U.S. 
So they don't know. So it's depending on who you ask. That's why they got all these different people in their lives to kind of lead them. So Job Moran, I think Memphis is I think Memphis is a much better market to play in where the team has been around a little longer than New Orleans. New Orleans is straight football. Even period. when they were the Hornets, even when they had CP3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. straight football. College and pro. Yep. Memphis definitely has that kind of cult basketball fan base. Yep. Where they love their Mike Connolly. They yep. they love Zach Randolph. He was there. Marcus saw when he was there. Lionel Hollins. They had, you know, a respectable team. But do I want to see John Morant, you know, almost fill in that Mike Connolly role? I don't. I wanted to see him on a team like, you know, like Chicago. <laughs> in a LA. Of in did. A I did too. I'm, I'm going to co-sign that one, bro. Of course we did. <laughs> but just in a market that can big him up. So back to what he was just saying, what are the markets? We know the markets. Atlanta, L.A., and, New, and York, Chicago, New York, Chicago. Yeah. yeah, stay in that top four. Okay. So I think it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of that sometimes, like, because you can make the argument, like, Milwaukee. Oh, definitely. Eastern Conference Finals. Definitely. But, like, the level of investment that they've put in, the new stadium, all that mm-hmm, stuff, like, mm-hmm. you can tell they were like, okay, we're going to take basketball seriously. And so for me it's interesting because – that to me seems like the perfect example of what you do with a small market team who lucks into getting a superstar. Hundred percent. They were like, "Oh, we got Giannis. Cool. Let's build it around Giannis." Hundred percent, man. Yes, sir. And so now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And so I guess the problem as a casual fan, and maybe y'all can shed some light on it, but I don't understand if you're a small market team, you understand that you're not necessarily the sexiest place to visit all times of year, especially during the NBA season when it's cold. What like what are the steps you need to take? Because if you look at it, if a small market team can finesse it that way, you look at a big market team like you just said, like the Bulls, the Knicks. I mean, whatever the Knicks. But how do you do that? Because I guess I don't understand. And we can get back to the draft all already here, but like I don't understand why it's so bad. Because it's on the owners. Those guys are just guys with a lot of money. They don't know what to do. That's why they hire people under them who know what to do. But also, it's a players' league now. You know what I mean? So you have players deciding where they want to go, and they're choosing the L.A.s. Right. And Why wouldn't they? The the Golden States where you can, you know, be in San Francisco, you know, for, for half of the year. But I feel like, I mean, Dame Lillard is a great example. Like, he's in Portland. I don't think he wants to be in Portland. But oh, he, he decided he exactly. wants to be in Portland. So he, he got that old school mindset. Yeah, he's a, different, he's a different type. You know, in the 90s, players, you know, top players that got drafted had the mindset of whatever team I got drafted to, I'm going to take them from worst to best. You feel me? That is what uh, a top draft pick's mindset was. Let me go get my team, and I'm going to turn them into the best team in the league. And that's exactly what uh, Dame Lillard has, has, has you know, grown his personality in. That's how we know him, and that's how he kind of plays on the court. Like, I'm going to go hard for whatever jersey is on my back, and I love it. These days, you got a player like A.D., though, Oh, Who's man. like, you I'm been... not staying in New Orleans. I don't care what the hell y'all say. I don't care who y'all draft. LeBron, we got the number one pick now. Make it happen, bro. You know what I mean, you got players, the top players that don't want to stay here no matter what. New Orleans is whack. And he's like, man, I had enough of this, bro. But he can see now on the business side, he can keep more of his money in New Orleans. But on the business side, he can also go to L.A. and be exposed to everything he wants to be exposed to, like KD. Like KD in Golden State, Silicon Valley, man, I go term nine million in the thirty in two years. People don't, the, like you said, the average casual fan, they don't think about that. It's not, it's not always about basketball. It's only 
really 5% about basketball. It's 95% about business when you get up into those guys' range. You know, it's it's bigger than bad. It's always Prodigy told you, man. We the black mob. It gets deeper than rap music. It's bigger than all of that, man. KD to New York. That's why KD is to New York, man. It's big business, man. But get my you man. You calling that now? Oh, I called it last week. I yeah, called it back in, in, in. I called it back in November, actually. You know, I got a little inside. I'm just going from what the insiders tell me. I'm not, you know, I'm not the plug, but I know the plugs. And this is directly from a plug. KD's man, his businessman, uh, Rich Kleiman, mm-hmm. is supposedly going to get an executive uh, position in the Knicks, and KD is going to come on home with him. See, now this is – yesterday probably was a, a a big day for me because all just the talk of that, like I'm so – Tired of hearing what player is going to go where in the off season is about. What, Wait a where. minute! Didn't you Look. just didn't y'all ain't y'all the guys that said this is y'all loved it? Now this LeBron created this players league. I like it because I feel like I think that if you look at a situation where you don't have the choice, if you if I came in here right now and I told you, all right, you got to go work for the Sacramento Bee mm. in Sacramento, and that's your job, and you got to do sports for them, and you only could cover hockey, go. You wouldn't like that, would you? So I feel like, and that's obviously a crazy example, but I think it's a situation where you're telling somebody where they can go work, and I don't think that's fair. And I think that's okay. the problem with the draft. Because, you know, like I said, Zion wouldn't have chose to go to the Pelicans. And I, I completely <laughs> understand that. And, I, and after the draft lottery yesterday, I'm completely open to all criticism of the draft uh, based on the fact that Zion should be able to choose wherever he wants to play. Mm. But he will have that opportunity, okay? And that is the problem with a small market team. It's like, how long are they going to keep Zion? How how long until he's forcing a trade out of New Orleans to go to one of the you know few teams that have already won a championship already and right. try to get one there? You know, that's, that's the game that they play these days. But hasn't that always – that's how it's always been. I'm tired of it. I'm officially <laughs> – I'm officially tired of that. You know, and, and – that kind of brings me to AD. You've been waiting to get this off. Gino, one aspect of you know what happened yesterday with the draft lottery that I'm not hearing too much talk just yet, even though I know closer to the draft we're going to be hearing a bunch of it, and is what does AD Anthony Davis do now? Bounce. Now we we know his his mindset is to bounce. All the all the dr- uh, drama during the season about him requesting a trade, trying to force him to LA. Pelicans lost their GM in the midst of that. Then they come and get the number one pick in the draft, which is going to be Zion Williamson. Man. Right. So you mean to tell me bounce? That for a small market, and we talked about small market teams. Bounce. Their their trouble and their their issues of getting top players, and they just got what may be the best player in in for the next seven eight years. He may be, you know, he may run this league after LeBron. Right. You feel me? So that doesn't mean no that he. We just talked about this, man. It's bigger. It's bigger than basketball. I don't care about playing with no damn Zion Williamson. I'm out. I'm the L.A., man. Hollywood. I, I tell you right now. Weed, women, and more weed. And people love, yeah, hey, sign me up. 
okay? But Spitter is in New Orleans. Shout out to Spitter. I, a, AD I'm probably sure don't he's even smoking good. AD probably don't even <laughs> listen to Spitter. Let me tell you something. Also, Spit, if, you, if you're hearing this, you get an open invitation to pull up on the bigs whenever you're in Chicago. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't even know if you know. You've hit yeah. all the bus today. Jet life on this yeah, side, this man. Yeah, this guy's jet life to the death. Indeed. Yes, sir. And, you know, like, open invitation, Spit, let's do it. Maybe you have to be the one to convince AD ain't to, that, ain't to, that, to boss up, dog. Ain't, ain't that much convincing in the world, bro. To go play with LeBron. What What, what is LeBron doing right now? Making Chilling, right. Showing AD how to make that bread after his career is over. He sure don't have a game coming up, though. Oh, no, he don't. Is that not what AD no. would like to be doing around uh, this time maybe, next may, year? Probably, but who cares? And then I ask you this. Who has a, a brighter future in the league, LeBron, from this point to the end of his career, or Zion? Can, if, if AD goes to L.A., are they a championship team? Yeah. Whew. AD and LeBron? Pretty decent, man. It's pretty decent. I I'm pretty sure he would rather play with LeBron than play with Zion Williams. You know what? I if I'm a New Orleans fan and if if AD feels like that, I'm like, go on, bro. <laughs> Please go to LA. Do y'all want to hear it? So currently, not counting Zion Williamson, which is the presumed pick that they're gonna go with. Mm-mm. Here is the current roster of the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we have, of course, Anthony Davis. Okay. Stanley Johnson. No. Etwan Moore. I like Etwan. Shout out to Twan. Cheek Diallo. No. No. Solomon Hill. No. Drew, you, don't, you don't like Solomon Hill? No. <laughs> I like Solomon Hill. Drew Holiday. Drew is cool. Shout out to the Holidays. They hold it down. Frank Jackson. The Who? Rookie. He's a rookie. Frank okay. Duke. Frank okay. was okay. Frank was yeah. cool. Okay. Darius Miller. No. Efred Payton. No. And Alfred is good, but Alfred, no way. Yeah. No. All right. Julius Randle. I like Julius Randle. He got he definitely has a motor. You like the numbers he put up, but no, I'm out. All right, Ian Clark, I'm out. Kenrich Williams, I'm out. <laughs> Christian Wood, Freddie Gibbs voice, I'm out. <laughs> Darius Bertans, who? Okay. Last but certainly not least, Chicago's <laughs> own Jalil Okafor. Oh, sh- sh- shout out shout to out Big Jah. Shout out to Big Jah. You know what? But I'm out. <sighs> All of those. Did you hear that roster? I'm man? sorry, New Orleans. I'm sorry, N.O. I'm sorry, Bill Street. Bill Street, Manny Fresh. Sorry, yeah, Manny Fresh, Cash Money. <laughs> you know, Canal Street, Bourbon Street. Yeah, Canal, all of them. I'm sorry to my Bourbon brothers. Calio Projects. Ah, Jet Mac- Life. The Know You, bro. I'm You're sorry, heard. y'all. That's peace out. I'm sorry, you know, Jambalaya on us later Oh, on. peace out. Okay. Rotation. Damn. Holla. So, so you subtract AD from that. You bring in what a Jason Tatum, a Jalen Brown. You feel me? Is that what you're going to net for Anthony Davis? Hey, whatever you net, you better make it. You gonna bring in a Kyle Kuzma, mm. a, a Brandon Ingram, a Lonzo Ball? I know those guys would be sick, sick to their stomachs, bro. Y'all can't see me, but I'm I'm hurting for New Orleans over here. He's really upset. <laughs> Okay, because if, if Zion Williamson isn't enough to keep AD, you could probably start counting the days that Zion goes. You feel me? It's like, do they are they going to have to trade this number one pick? Man, they got to do something, man. Because Wh- what would you do? If I was New Orleans? Yeah. And and you're faced with the decision or the reality that Anthony Davis is not going to stay. Let's make that trade to, with, with the Lakers then. 
Let's give up this number one pick. And, hey, something's got to give, man. If AD wants to go to L.A. that bad, let's ship him out and let's see what we can get in return. Bro, that's just depressing. It's very depressing. It's the, for, as far as the league goes, you know what I mean? Who we watches saw, New Orleans anyway, but, though? Exactly. We saw how they did with Chris Paul. We saw how it shook down with Anthony Davis. And now they get Zion Williamson? To, to do the same exact thing with. So eight years down the line when I may have some kids watching the NBA, I'm your age, we're going to be talking about Zion Williamson bouncing. Came <laughs> <laughs> hey. Damn. That's a cold world. Yeah, it, it is, It's man. super cold in the NBA right now. That That's that's just lame. You feel me? Like We got to watch the Pelicans do the same thing they did with CP3 and Zion Williamson. And see, that's why I'm 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 on the fan side right now. I'm like, AD, if for a superstar on a small market team, this is what you want to happen. You feel me? You hope your team can get another star, you know, in the draft so that y'all can build that way. You feel me? And AD is just out no matter what. It's like, what what do the Pelicans exist in the NBA for? They 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 shouldn't exist in the NBA. It's just like okay, the, like, who how, cares, man? That's what dude. I'm saying. How do how do the Pelicans make the best of this situation when superstars just leave? You know their organization. Super, you know Chris Paul went to the Clippers. At least is that like he was like I'd rather play with the Clippers. That's like that's like that whole situation was weird because that was a whole trade thing. Yeah, but so he was technically. Trying to go to the Lakers. Lakers. David Stern said, nah. Hold up. Sorry, Bing. Yeah, not today. That's one of the biggest what-ifs ever in NBA history to me. Yeah, Stern was petty for that, but I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. I'm not really rocking with CP3. To be honest with you, I also think Brown would have went to L.A. earlier. Because that was was Mm. was before 2010. He would have went to L.A. If CP was there, come on. Come on. No Mm. Miami? No. Super (laughs) banana boat. Super banana boat, too. Kobe and them would have ended up fighting. Yeah. We would have heard some some punches being thrown. Yeah, Chris yeah. Paul would have had a black eye out for a month. <laughs> Pat Bev would have been you know still spitting on him. People would have hated him even more. Mm. But man, I, it's ugly, man. It's ugly if, if you're a team like New Orleans, man. It, whew. Seldom. Did you see Zion's face? Of though? course we did. He did was embarrassed, see? man. Zion is like no Knicks. Yeah. All that Knicks talk, and this is where I end up. Part of me was like, if y'all, I, I'm like, if y'all gonna rig it, just rig it. Just rig it, rig it, do it. Because I wanted them to go to Atlanta. Because I'm like, you from there? Plus that team, that team was Zion Williamson. I would watch. I would get league pass just to watch that. That's real. You know what I'm saying? So I think Atlanta's not a small market, but I think they've had to. They've been in that like seven seed, eight seed, nine seed, ten seed, like mm-hmm. that that range for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they're always in the first round of the playoffs. They'll get knocked out. I don't know why Joe Johnson is still playing for them, but he's there, and Paul Millsap's in it still somehow. I know they're all on different teams, but uh-huh. I just assume that they're always playing for Atlanta. <laughs> but I think it's also interesting yeah. because, like, you look at, okay, so the Knicks right now, right? So the Knicks got, they're going to probably get R.J. Barrett, right, with that third pick. Which is cool. It's cool. Yeah. Side. Can you all build right. around that? Because, you, I mean, you, the assumption is KD's going there. So you got KD, you got Barrett, you're going to have that dude, Mitch Robinson, Knox, um, what's his name? Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith Jr. Jr. still mm-hmm. there. Well, oh. according to Gino, they're gonna be building around Kevin Durant. You think they're gonna get? Oh, so the other rumor about that is that they're going to not only get Kevin Durant, but they're also gonna get another Ky- Kyrie. Supposed to be Kyrie. Kyrie. Anyway, 
Okay, because yeah. as far as I'm concerned with the Knicks, they already got one strike. The Knicks stay with a strike. They thought they were getting Zion. No. And, and, Y'all remember that New York magazine where they put Brown on the cover? Everybody was like, oh, with a Knicks, with a Knicks suitcase Photoshop." They, they had their chance with Melo. They, they went to the playoffs one year. Good night. Talk to you later. New York, but, you know, as a Bulls fan, I'm like, I wish we had the third pick. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard to be to be mad at anybody right now. I feel like the Pelicans, if they didn't get Zion, you know what I mean? It's like, are we, are the Bulls the Pelicans? You know? <laughs> are the Bulls the Pelicans? Is yeah. That what <laughs> it's like, it's. Is that who we are? We can't attract the free agent. We don't luck up in the draft. Luckily, it's Chicago, man, the third largest market in the U.S. That's the only thing we got going right now. Nobody's coming here. Paxson tried to hit us with the fluff. Kirk Heinrich, Luol Dang at the seventh pick talk. That really blew me, man. Reggie. <laughs> Miller. Okay. A joint of Reggie, too? Oh, just a fat one that you just got to throw over, boy, like. Man, when was the last time you smoked some Miller, man? Jamaica. I was on a cruise. Sparked it up, and I had to throw that shit overboard. Damn. That's what I would do with John Paxson's comments. Pax, man, you got to do better, bro. Gino, what's going on on the north side of town? We we gave the NBA and basketball a lot of love, but you know how we do when it comes to the MLB and holding it down for, for black media on the baseball side. If you ask me, I'm feeling, you know, some 2016 vibes from, you know, from the boys in blue up north, man. What are you thinking? Everything is looking good over there right now, man. The guy started out 1-6. Everybody was up in arms, blowing me up, DMing me, texting me. The world was ending. The world was ending. It's like, bro, it's seven games, man. Folks wanted uh, Joe Madden's head. Wanted Joe out. They wanted Theo. They kept bringing up Theo, talking about how August, October starts in March and all these, you know, people just jumping to these conclusions. So I had to hit him. October starts in March. I had to hit him with the Aaron Rodgers, man. R-E-L-A-X, man. Relax. You know what, Gino, and you're going to have to let me know if this is accurate, but Cubs fans would not be Cubs fans if they didn't lose their minds every now and then. You feel me? If they didn't go overboard or or just, you know, take, you know, their emotions to a whole nother level where they don't have to go. That's Cubs fans to me. You feel me? That's just how it goes. So I wasn't surprised uh, at, at fans' reactions to you know, how they started this season. I was kind of surprised at how Theo handled it. You know, he was in, always in front of a camera. Uh, he was talking a lot more than we used to, you know, Theo talking. You I'm know, like, Theo loves to talk. Yeah, but he kind of leaves, you know, some stuff to the imagination. You know, they were talking a lot about, is Joe Madden on the hot seat and all of this? And I'm like, is Joe really on the hot seat? Like, does Joe got to watch his back this early on in the season? Because he hadn't received an extension? Yeah. I mean, after last year, it was tough. I mean, they still won 95 games, yeah, which see, is a division winner any yeah, other now, year. You know, that's what I'm talking about. They won 95 games. They won a World Series for the first time, 108 games. The, they won the World years. Series his second year as a manager. Yeah, but 
he was on a hot seat for what? That was just a lot of talk. Theo never said he was on a hot seat. That's just like you said. That's Cubs fans and all these people coming to their own conclusions. When, when, you when hit, they didn't see him get that extension. Right. Like mm-hmm. you said, Theo leaves a lot in the air, but being around him, again, Theo loves to talk. Theo is like the most talkative G, like executive that I've ever seen. And he's great at it. Like Theo leaves nothing untouched. Like you want to talk. You got a question, he's going to answer it and continue to answer it until he looks at you like, is that good enough? Mm Because if it's not, I got some more for you. That's true. So people took that October starts in March thing too far. He said, man, that thing took on a life of its own, and it did. All he was saying was, man, we got to start out the right way. That's it. That's all that meant is when the season starts, we got to be on top of our game. Now the season started, and they started one and six, and it was like, up. Well, they ain't starting on top of that game. And it's like, all I had to say was, Joe, you got to let, they're 162 games, bro. That's, like, it's baseball for It's you. baseball. Let the guys take form, form like Voltron. Yeah. And since the one and six start, they're 24 and eight, the best team in the National League, man. Definitely. And you definitely can't take that football approach, that week by week, game by game approach. Yeah, you want to win all of them, but baseball is about building momentum and then Harnessing it, Thank you know, you. putting it, in, putting it in a bottle, and then going on and you know trying to win a championship with that, you know. But as far as Theo goes, I think that he was real adamant about standing on his square. They didn't do a bunch of stuff in free agency. Right. They were standing on their roster as is. He's, know, he's KB. Right. You he, know, injury riddled season last year. Right. Uh, some underwhelming offensive players, but you won a World Series with those guys. Right. You feel me? And he stood on that before the exit interviews when he get when he talked in the presser for like an hour and a half. The problem is inside the clubhouse. We don't need to go outside. Maybe a move or two here or there, you know, with the whole and then another thing, you know, he I think he had that Addison Russell thing at the top. That was weighing not even weighing on him, but I knew he knew that he was gonna cause they knew what they were gonna do with Addison Russell. We all thought, even me, I, I thought the best thing for Addy would be to send him somewhere else and resume his baseball career somewhere else. Yes. But that just shows you. <laughs> I agree. But that just shows you what type of organization with, with new management. Theo felt like Addison Russell was like that baby. Don't don't remember. It's, yeah, and that's, but see, now that's what I still think Theo and then maybe doing the dummy on. You know, giving Addison Russell – Basically, the keys back. You know what I mean? We've seen him in pressing situations, and and honestly, it's like get this dude off the field. He is huff. He, first of all, not his his baggage has become too much, but he's huff. You know, at the plate, he looks terrible. But that's because he's been in Triple A. This is a. But even before that, was we batting two two? Well, you look, bro. Independently of all that, uh-huh. you can't call yourself. I mean, you're doing a, a serious disrespect to a lot of the fan base. Yeah, keeping him out there. Absolutely, so like real talk is just cringe. Again, you say it's bigger than sports. Yeah, I, I think agree. It's bigger than sports. Yeah, every time he comes up the bat, it is uncomfortable, and I want him to get another chance. But right. to force him on this Cubs roster when without him they are playing the best that they've played since the World Series. But you can't say he's huff because you can say everybody's Kyle Schwarber is huff. If that's the case, I mean, Addy hits two forty at best. So does Kyle Schwarber, Addison Russell is one of the best defensive sh- – baseball games are won up the middle of yeah. the field. Catcher, pitcher, shortstop, second base, center field. Addison Russell is one of the best defensive middle infielders in all of baseball, regardless of how you feel about his 
his outside stuff. Yeah. As a baseball player, he still is an asset to a team. Now, when he comes back at the plate, he just he adds another dimension of depth. That's what the Cubs rely on, depth. Now, I agree with you guys. It seems like they're forcing the issue. But, again, like we just said, he's their investment, man. He is, but he also just got his spot took. He didn't, he didn't get it taken. Oh, what? I mean, El Mago. I, but Javier Baez. that shortstop when he was gone and ain't letting that spot go. Well, I wouldn't let it go either. He's shown over the – even when that, before that happened, Javier Baez was on the NL, uh, MVP run. Wow, before Addison Russell got suspended. So I don't think he got his spot taken. He was just going to move to second base. That's all. They were switching from short to second anyway. Now it's clear cut that if he's going to come back to this team, he's going to be a second baseman. But we also know from behind the scenes that Addy is a shortstop. You feel me? But he'll play second base now because he realizes that this is my this might be all I got. This is all I've got actually. Yeah. This is my last chance. And I'm interested to know how, you know, how long they go let Addison Russell, you know, how long is it going to take him to get his feet up under him? How patient right. are they going to be with him until they turn him into a utility type player? Do you, do you think that's in his future? I think if when he gets his feet under him, it's cool because now they got Daniel Descalzo and yeah. you know a bunch of Bodie can play second. Depth. Yeah, Bo- Bodie came out of nowhere for him. Yeah, so there's a lot that can be done there, but you never know what can happen. They can still send him out of here. I just feel like Theo thinks that whatever happened, well, not whatever happened, but with that domestic violence situation, we have to, we want to help him become a better person, a better player, a better citizen, a better father. Mm-hmm. They want, they really want to help him do that. See, now I agree with you on one point right there that they want to make him a better player, right? And I think that that's like the least of their worries. Like, I actually think Addison Russell may be the player he is because of the person he is. No, I agree with that. You feel I, me? No, I agree with that. It's like, and then for a team like the Cubs, who are looking like the best team in the league, do they do they need this problem? Like. They can just cut this. But what problem? You can't be on national TV. Is a team that's going to be that good. Mm -hmm. How are you going to be on national TV and not bring it up? Bring it up. You're going to bring it up every single time. And you're going to have broadcasts fumbling over there. And so what I would say is if this was any other circumstance and it was a dude who necessarily might be a prospect, Mm -hmm. I could see a lot of other scenarios where they would have moved him out of town. You've seen that in all All sports. All day. And so I guess that's the thing for me. That and again, I'm not a Cubs fan, mm-hmm. so I can't speak on how they how they taking it as a fan base. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, on some like optics, it's not a good play. Just straight up, it ain't a good play. Because the other thing is, it'd be one thing if you know. I think people look the other way, unfortunately, when people are too talented. But if you ain't even that Happy. great, come on, dog. And and this is the other thing that I, I definitely want to make sure I say to you. Mm-hmm. Because you know they sticking all type of mics and cameras in front of Addison Russell's face, and all this day. is how he sounds every time. I'm going to try to get better at what I do. Hey, come on. The Cubs believe in me. I am on the team now. It's like, get this robotic stuff out of here. Like, I don't even want to hear it no more, man. Well, see, I personally, I talk to Addy. Okay. You know, I don't have, I'm not one of those guys, so he'll, he'll be real with me. And I talk to him, and it's, <laughs> what more, what, what more can he say? We know. I just think they'll take. You know how the media is. They they're waiting for you to slip oh, up. They, they the one thing they you can talk for seven minutes, six forty five can be cool, but the last fifteen seconds and you say one thing out of pot like the Steve Greenberg. Yeah, 
He took one fans on them. It's it's on the fans. That's not what he meant. Yeah. You know Addison. I know Addison. That's not what he meant. But see, that's but playing bro, in Chicago again. I agree. Chicago, oh, I agree a hundred percent. Don't beat your wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't don't beat. <laughs> don't hey, beat your wife. Hey guys, don't Period. don't put your hands on. Yeah, I mean ever. But with that said, man, Gino, I, I know uh, how you feel about. You know the the Cubs' chances to to win it all this year. I definitely think uh, that they have what it takes. You know, I like uh, what I'm seeing from the offense as far as the players uh, that stayed on the squad, that have been on the squad, that had to step up. They they have. Uh, we we're seeing a better Chris Bryant. We're seeing a better U Darvish. We're seeing a better Jason Hayward. I mean, and, and a better U Darvish yeah, thank, because thank he started. It was only. You know, up from there, uh, okay. the way he was. That's true. Me? That's true. We're seeing a better. He United. has gone six one time this year. Yeah. He has reached hey. the sixth inning once this year. He's healthy. It's still about how he performs in in August. No doubt. You know, September, October. I like you. I think he just needs to grow a nutsack. If he does, <laughs> he has the stuff. He has he he has. The stuff is ridiculous. Like the velocity, the stuff is just about the control and him growing a pair of nuts. But other than that. <laughs> I like you. He he speaks English now. He he he's he makes jokes. He cracks jokes with the reporters. He's, that's dope. It is. That is it, dope. it shows growth with him. But like you said, KB looking like the MVP. KB Javi looking like oh, NL MVP. Javi, come on. The everybody everybody has stepped John it up. The Kyle Hendricks. Oh, the pitching is the pitching has been a one. The pitching has been great, and that's how you win ball games, and that's how you win ch- pennants and championships. So. Of course, you're going to lose ball games. You're not going to win every series. But like you said, it's all about building that momentum. And, uh, man, oh, I forgot. I got a one-on-one with Joe Madden that we probably dropped sooner than later. It was real cool to chop it up with Joe. So I got a bunch of inside information. We kicked it in his office for about an hour. Oh, just yes, said, sir. oh, yeah, it was real cool. But same thing you said. It's like he was just saying, man, it's all about the momentum. It's all about finding that common thing it's about playing for each other it's it's you can play with each other because there's nine of us on the field but playing for each other it makes it that more of a of a thing and, and the wins they stack up and next thing you know you won like them 13 out of 16 17 or 21 i think you just made a good point that we can swing it over to the south side man you got uh as far as players playing for each other you know what i mean and i think when you you go over you know you go to the south side you talk about the White Sox. I think that you have a, a clear example of uh, what a team could be when they're, when they're playing for each other. True. You got a young team who is together as you could possibly be in that cup, you know, clubhouse and being in there for the last couple of years. One issue the White Sox never had was camaraderie. Right. You know what I mean? They like each other. You feel me? Do you think Rick Renteria is the guy, though? I mean, Rick Renteria was never the guy. You know what I mean? He was the guy for now. You know what I mean? He was the guy to kind of training wheels your young guys to get them to a point where a proven manager can teach them how to be a championship team. They are learning how to win. You know, they've always had that moniker, Ricky boys don't quit. And this season they're turning, you know, some of that don't quit and that hard fighting into wins. You feel me? They're winning some of the games that they definitely would have lost last year. Right. Uh, you got a player in Tim Anderson who is completely rising to the occasion. And when you're rebuilding, that is what you need. Right. You need a player that's just going to say, okay, this is on me. I need to come and show up. You know? And Tim Anderson has done that 
all year. He's still batting three thirty. And he talked a lot of jive in the in the off season, so he knew oh, yeah. he had to come with it. Exactly. It was never a secret. He always knew what he had to work on. His, mm-hmm. his defense is getting there. The man is turning to a monster on a base pass. Yeah. And offensively, honestly, he's being who he's always been in his baseball career. You look at his his minor league numbers, the man is batting in the high three hundreds every single year. Okay. So that is finally coming around to People on the major league side seeing what he could do, but then you got to talk about players like Yohan Mankata. Man, he was killing the other night. Bombs, yeah. bomb, oppos. Yo, and we didn't see none of that last year. Yeah, he he. But that's all. That's what baseball is about. Growth, mm-hmm. man. You got to grow with the game. And he that that first year he was like, oh, this is what it's about. Maybe I need to put in a little more work in the off season. Exactly. Get, my, get the little things. You got to obsess in baseball. It's not like football. It's not like the NBA. The little things, I w- like Chris Bryant said it perfectly, I obsess over the little things. That's why he's he's got the uh, major league leading 23 straight games where he's reached base safely. Yeah, And he said that's because I obsess over the little things, running hard from first to home. Respecting 90. Yeah, respecting 90, being able to play like Rizzo was out for a couple games. So swinging KB to first base or swinging KB in right field or left field or all of that. It's like, again, it's the little things that you have to pay so much attention to and get better in the offseason. So when you come back, these games, are they're daily. So you don't have time in the regular season to work Mm -hmm. on that. You got to put in the necessary work in the offseason. And I think Johan is a prime example of, he, he was huff his first season. He heard the talk. He was. And it was like, oh, no way. I'm, I'm so much better. Outs. Yeah, no way. No way. I'm coming back, and I'm going to show y'all what time it is. And he is looking good, bro. Yeah, man. And, uh, Yohan to Eloy, who should be coming back from injury. Right. You like the flashes that you've seen, but you you knew what Eloy is bringing to the table, just a hit machine. You know, just the, the, the month and a half that he has under his belt. You see that he, just, he knows how to put the bat on the ball. True. The power is going to come with that, but he's – you know, finding his way on this level, and he looks great, if you ask me. Now, the issue that I have on the south side, no, bro. We already know. The arms. And G- Lucas Giolito, I'm not talking about you. Shout out to you. Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, he was You're decent. finding your way. Yeah. The mother guys. Ro- Rodon. Who, you know what I mean? Another Tommy John surgery. I feel for him, but I'm also so disappointed. Because he didn't show anything this year. You right. got nothing to hang your hat on. The bullpen. I don't even want to go down the names. It's like these guys. One. Yeah, like, what? It's, it's all bad. You know what I mean? It's all bad as far as the arms go. And that has been our Achilles heel. That is our weakness right now. But as a as a rebuilding team, you love what you see from the offense. The guys are playing 500 ball. They're a couple of games under 500. They like, I think they in the last 30, they like 16 and 14. Yeah, 16 and 14. We got what 19 wins. I don't, I don't think we got our 19 win until mid June last year. Ooh, it was ugly. And you know, I've been hard on the White Sox. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm feeling it right now. They, they didn't hook to me all the way back. That's in. good. I'm a believer in the rebuild. I think they're going to do the right thing as far as the manager goes when it, when the time is right. But as far as striking out on Manny Machado. Striking out on Bryce Harper. I'm not mad at where they are right now. You feel me? They, right. you know I mean, you, you you love what you saw from the young guys we just talked about, and that's what it's about. We got some young guys waiting in the wind. Luis Robert. Uh, we got a couple of arms, you know, waiting in the wind. We got Kopech coming back uh, from Tommy John surgery, and he's been around the guys in the clubhouse lately. So you just like to see it. You feel me? I, I, I like what I'm seeing from the south side. 
not championship level aspirations yet. Right. But I definitely think that the front office needs to be thinking about a move they can make that can make these guys fighters for a wild card spot. That can put some pressure on a wild card position. I think the White Sox could do that. Yeah, I don't because I'm not believing that the Twins are leading the division right now. Twins are leading. Um, and then well, the, the Indians are right there, then the Twins and the White Sox. White so, Sox are third right now. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, if with, with the Sox, man, it's not about, like we well, you, said you, it from the beginning. Right, yeah, yeah the, the, twins, the twins, the Indians. Yeah. So we just split a two-game set with the Indians. So Yeah, it's not really about the wins and losses over there. It's about the growth of the players. It's about, like you said, finding a leader. Obviously, Jose Abreu mm-hmm. is a leader by default. But Tim Anderson taking on that a bit. When he said, when they said no Manny Machado, he said, man, I don't give a fuck about Manny Machado. It's me. Southside over here. Yeah, Yeah. man. You feel me? I felt like throwing him an honorary Chicago. I had to go. Oh, you see it? You see it broke off to the left? Tim got that. Man, Tim, he knows what it is over there. And just to be clear, it's Minnesota's in first, Cleveland second, Sox at third, Detroit and KC. How many games back are the Sox? Seven. It's not bad, man. How many from second place? Not bad. You know how quick that can turn. Absolutely. You you pay attention to the team that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Play a series and sweep them. That's they, a whole yeah. three games. Yeah, and of course the, the White Sox have, have had those games where they get their ass beat in mm-hmm. real quick. Last night. Yeah, you, well, you like, you know what? Or, or uh, two, uh, yeah, last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Indians did that. Nine or whatever. Zero. <laughs> I'm sure Gino knows. Yeah, yeah hey, I'm watching, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. not, a, again, I'm not a, you know, we got our south side, north side battles, but at the end of the day, it's the crib or nothing. So I root for the White Sox to, I'm look, we trying to get this red line World Series, right? Yeah, we, we still yeah. got a little ways to go. The city would burn down. It would burn, it would go hey, up in flames. Hey, what's the Elmo Mem? If the, if the city burns down for a red line World Series, I'm in the middle of it. I'm loving it. Man. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But, Gino, I think it is about, wins right now. I think okay. the White Sox have showed enough where you feel how many can we stack up? But that's I also think that's a that's a that's how Huff the AL Central is. The AL Central is Huff? The AL Central is the worst division in baseball. It has been for the longest, man. The Indians held it down for a minute, but the AL Central is the Huffest division in baseball. But so that means that you guys have a chance to win it with growing talent. No right superstars. Now, right now, the AL Central, and I, I think it's better than it was last year. You feel me? Okay. I think it's more competitive, you know, with the White Sox being that team that's on the up and coming. Yeah, because we don't need to see another 100 loss. We, no team in the in baseball should lose 100 games. Yeah, so. the, the AL Central is Okay. Thanks. I got my feelings all involved thanks. in it. I'm like, fuck that. Thanks. Okay, thanks. but it it is tough, but. White Sox, you you love what you see. I do. I think every night they have, you know, fans think they have a chance to win it. You know, they they've showed signs of, of being a hungry team, and then they they have a budding superstar. Can can I give? Tim oh that? no, definitely, definitely. Can I'm, I I'm give with that. Tim that? I'm with that. All right, cool. Because I I'm not gonna take it as far as some people saying that he's Damn the best hobby. shortstop. Yeah, yeah, we can. It's cool. We I, we down to Mel Margo. I know how Javi get down. Right. I respect that. Right. But there is somebody on the other side of town. Thank you. Stop tripping, y'all. Tim is holding it down for the South Side, repping as hard as you want. Man, somebody on the White Sox. To I rep. love to see it broke off, especially to the left. If it was to the right, that would be cool too. But to the left <laughs> is showing me Tim is doing the knowledge out here. Look, man. as long as he's shouting out South Side every time he hop on Twitter. As a Roseland native, born and bred, I love it. 
had Polo G on the the track. I was like, is that Polo G? Like, yeah. Like that's some that's the some knowledge, very, man. Yeah. Straight Chicago. Like, you know what I mean? was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he is an honorary Chicago. Tim Tim is in tune with the multitude. I'm telling Joe. you, he's here now. Shout out. Because if we talk about Tim, we got to talk about what he's doing off the field. You know, making you know making sure that he addresses some issues. Mm-hmm. Is is uh, as a face in the community. Him and his wife have, have done that since he's been on the White Sox, and they're still taking that to another level. So we got we got one on the South Side. We got you know one of those guys like that we want to see stay on the South Side. You feel R- me? Real talk. So with that said, man, so, and I don't know what I'm gonna do at you know when we get up out of here, but I don't want to hear nothing about the Bulls in the seventh pick. Right now, I'm gonna let the nerds take it from here and talk about who you know the, who's gonna be available at seven. But wake me a couple months into the season when whoever we draft or trade for, we can see some results. I don't care who we draft. I don't care if we trade the pick. I don't care what we do in free agency. Get me to the season where we can see what this team is gonna look like. I don't. I don't want to get into predictions because it, it'd be some bullshit right now. I'm laughing at all Bulls fans. I'm really laughing at John Paxson. I'm definitely laughing at Michael Reinsdorf. Gar Foreman, he doesn't even well, – yeah. I just mentioned him, but I was going to say he doesn't even get a mention, but I just mentioned him. But that's all he gets. So I'm with you, man. I don't want to hear a thing about the Bulls. And, uh, man, the draft, the pre-draft camp is tomorrow and Friday. Taylor yeah. is in town. Shout out to Taylor Bulls. You want to make a yeah, splash? Yeah, man. Taylor, Taylor. Taylor, show them people you lottery worth, man. Thank you. Bulls, if, if you want to make me a happy fan, trade down a couple mm. spots. Take my man uh, Taylor Horton Tucker with the ninth, tenth pick in the draft. You feel me? And you know what else? Chris Dunn, D-O-N-E. Dunn, Dunn, Dunn. Get him out of here, man. Trade him, and that might – do, do you see how we just get sucked into it? Do you see what the Bulls have done to us, bro? I'm done, man. I'm <laughs> done talking about it, man. It's the Bigs. Shout out to Mess Marketing, always. Always. Shout out to Mess Marketing for the accommodations. Rolling out the red carpet is, as as usual. Thank y'all. Check them out. This is Mess.com. You know where to find us. At It's the Bigs on all social platforms. And, uh, man, you rocking with the Bigs, man. Another episode down. That's two. Two of them. Back to back. Bulls, man. I'm out. It's us.